Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. Lena Abijamra here. It is great to be with you, but I am not alone today. I've got my co-host. Ooh, hi, guys. Diana Sahakian, my sister, my soul sister, and uh, we are excited to be back with you. Hey, if you're checking in for the first time, we are excited to have you here. It is a dreary, disgusting day in Chicago. They call it spring. I don't even know what it looks like, but forget the weather. We really are excited to be with you. The sun is, sun is always shining. And so if you have not subscribed to this podcast, why not? Do it now. Just stop whatever you're doing. Go and click subscribe. And if you've never left a review, hopefully today will be the day. Man, this is a good time of year to reflect over all things, faith, life, and culture. There's a lot happening in the world. And so this series that we're doing right now, this is one of the seasons in our podcast. We kind of vary things up in in this discussion on what it means to be a Christian in a post-Christian world. But this series, we're talking about stuff from a perspective of both of our lives. Yeah, what's happening in the world, real issues for real people. Right. And I was telling my sister, like, I'm not really interviewing her. This is a conversation. So that was the... You're such a good interviewer, so it's natural, it's natural. for you to ask me, and I just play off of well, you. But I feel bad. Everyone's like, your sister's so wise. And I'm like, well, what about me? No one said anything about me. So well, what they didn't know, I'm your younger sister, so I got my wisdom from you. Well, that's a really good point. And honestly, guys, I feel like I need a little shout out. I need a little ego <laughs> massage. You know, maybe you want to leave a, a comment under this podcast, or, or maybe send me an email, Lena, at, or Dear Lena at livingwithpower.org. Remember, we do the Dear Lena questions. Speaking of which, before we launch into today's conversation, the Dear Lena series is really popular. Have you listened to any of those? Oh, I'm a big fan. Well, you are the one who came up with the yeah. idea. That's why <laughs> I'm a big fan. It's true, she is. And uh, but but honestly, you've and you've helped me out a little bit in coming up with the topics. But some people send emails. But other than that, they're usually questions that I've asked me myself and I which is a common place that I live as a single, which is relevant to what we're going to discuss today. Yeah, and a lot of people submit questions as well, but they're relevant issues. Our goal is to provide relevant information, biblical information for everyday life. And, and actually, why we're bringing it up is if you have a question, because when we finish our Soul Sister series, we're planning to do, I don't know, eight or ten episodes, and many of you guys are finding those episodes really helpful, so if you'd like us to keep doing them, we can think about season two, but really we're going to go back eventually to the Dear Lena. So if you have a question, this is where I'm going with this, uh, send it to dearlena at livingwithpower.org. Many of you have questions, they're in the deck, you know, waiting to be answered, and I'm looking forward to that in the next season. Uh, we might take a couple of uh, weeks off in the summer. We haven't decided yet, yet, that yet, but today we're going to talk about Mary dating, singleness, all things, sort of that, relationships. I'm not going to say all relationships because we're going to do another podcast episode of Friendships, but today we're going to talk about marriage, singleness, and how do you feel about that, Diana? Well, it's been great for me to... No, I mean, about the topic itself, because you didn't jump up and down when I told you we were going to talk about this. I told Lena I would, this is a challenging, well, topic, I don't have a lot to say, I'm going to let her go. Uh, yeah, is that what I said? <laughs> but, She's but, putting me on the spot, guys. But but seriously, like, you're married, I'm single. How long have you been married? Tell them a little bit about your married life. Yeah, I've been married 22 years. and To the uh, love of her life. Yes, to the love of my <laughs> life. I, I'm very blessed. Uh, I have a good relationship with my husband, and God has grown us. But I have had most of my friends be single, to be honest with you. Oh. A lot of my close friends are single, and uh, so that's where I find this... Uh, topic interesting i've learned a lot from my single friends i um yeah i'm grateful for my marriage but i think both uh, venues in life are very deep and uh, meaningful well, well we, we do want to bring in a biblical perspective and so my first question really was you know and, I, and we're gonna sort of if things come up and you want to ask me because i want us to i mean really i'm single i'm two years older than my sister uh, we're both midlife 
we've sort of seen life unfold with our friends and with our each other. We watch our lives very closely. I spend a lot of time at my sister's. So she has had a really close-up view on what it looks like to be single. Maybe not a lot of dating going on here, but just a single life. And then I've had a chance to watch her married life. And I think we can sort of give some insights. And I think it'd be interesting to sort of hear from a married perspective some thoughts on singleness and vice versa. I can sort of give some observations and what's helpful as you watch some marriages. And, and vice versa, we can also talk about like what I've learned as single and what you've learned as married. So I just thought this would be a good mix. People always either talk about singleness or about marriage. And I don't know that we always see it coalesce. But really, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is probably the major chapter on, on this in the Bible. Would you, can you think of any other big chapters in the Bible that talk about, I guess, marriage? You could, you could break it down in somewhere else. But when you compare really this big question, which is better? Is it better to be single or married? What, what does the Bible say about that? Well, it says, I mean, definitely good to be married, but some are called to be single. Right. And I wrote really, a little book about that. Yeah. What is it called? Uh, stripped? No, Thrive. Thrive. Your first it? book, sorry. My sister needs uh, a review of yeah. all things Lena's books. It's the rainy weather that we're looking at today. It's very gloomy here, my friend. And actually, if you're listening and you want a copy of Thrive, send me an email. We'll do two copies. So if you're listening right now there and you, you caught go. this mishap, maybe my sister needs a refresher copy. <laughs> so um, Yeah, no, the the... What I've always remembered as a young uh, girl growing up was this part of scripture that talks about if you're single, you are more free to serve the Lord more fully. And I wanted to serve the Lord very fully, so I um, thought about this a lot growing up. Well, and that's in 1 Corinthians, by the way. Diana's Correct. quoting from, from 1 Corinthians, um, written by Paul. I always sort of was biased, or I kind of leaned in joy over the verse. And at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it says, Yet in my judgment, this is Paul's parentheses in the chapter, Yet in my judgment, she's happier if she remains as she is, meaning he's talking about single woman. And I think that I too have the Spirit of God. And it's sort of tongue-in-cheek at the, at the end of the chapter. I actually talk a little bit about that in my book, Thrive. But I, you know... Clearly, God created us. He created Adam and Eve, male and female, with an intent for them to be married. So God loves marriage. It is good for a man to find a wife. I think there's a verse. Some, is that I, yes. Did I say it correctly? Something yeah. like that. But the reality in today's world, we've got 52% back a few years ago, maybe worse now, of the population who is single. So many of you who are listening are, in fact, single. Maybe you came to this ministry because you came across Thrive and, and singleness. And so besides, I mean, so understandably, God created man and woman you know, one man to marry one woman for a lifetime. And we've, we've broken that in many ways, right? And what are some of the basic ways we've broken it in 2022? I mean, well, now people don't even marry, just live right. together. There's the cohabitation. Divorce. Divorce. Uh, of course, it's a tragedy of loss, broken, you know, somebody dies. And right. it's widowhood, it's a different type of singleness. Um, same sex, same, gender yeah. identity, all of the stuff that now has become, again, and, and this is not a, a topic on that today, but we, we believe the Bible teaches that marriage be between one man and one woman for life. Right. And, and, and so sadly, the model has not been such. And one of the, and you know, and Diana, one of the things that I've, you know, I, I think, you have, I mean, in some ways, like the church has been critiqued by the gay movement, the LGBTQ movement, because, um, you know, We've been very harsh in the conservative biblical church on the fact that, you know, homosexuality is sin, nah, nah, nah. and, you know, again, we'll do another topic on this. I've done a lot of podcasts on that topic. I don't want to go down a rabbit trail, but really, much of this argument on sexuality and morality and holiness and biblical living has been lost in the church because 
of the number of people who have divorced and then how the church has moved in their stance on divorce to where it used to be a big deal and now it's like everybody's divorced or married two or three times. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate and it creates very uh, murky waters for yeah. lack of a better word. And I think that's where, again, we have to stay true to God's word and uh, stay parallel to that line. And I think you've challenged me to think uh, a lot about how the way the relationships have drifted away from biblical truth have made room for others who aren't in line with the biblical worldview to find their lifestyle okay and why should that lifestyle not be accepted if this one is not and all not in condemnation but in observation to the truth of what's happening in the churches and so um where, where has it where have things fallen apart i mean it, singles are killing themselves to be married. I mean, by and large, not all, but I mean, the reality is singles want to be married and yet you wake up finding yourself married and most married people at some point, I would imagine, think, how did I get stuck here? Yes, I suppose marriage is challenging. Singlehood is challenging. I mean, I've learned a lot from watching you about what being single is and other friends, like I said, but I've also seen many of my friends and I have lived my share of very difficult days in marriage. Um, and yet again, the only thing I can say is we have to go to the word of God and marriage, you know, if you are married, um, it is, you know, Christ and the church and we are to grow in oneness. And obviously that's difficult in a world that is all about me. And so if that's your expectation in marriage, it's going to make it very challenging. But as a single, you have to also learn similar lessons are just going to look very different. So practically speaking, like you look at, like, let's, let's kind of, you know, you've watched my life. You've mentioned that a couple of times. When you look at me as my, my life as a single, but also your friends who are single and thinking about singleness in general, because I remember Irina is part of our leadership team. She's single. What do you find to be like, from your perspective, as you understand marriage, you're married, you see the challenges of marriage, and, and we can get to that in a second. What are those challenges? But what do you, as you look at singleness in the, specifically for Christians in the church, I'm not talking about all singles per se, but it, Christian singles, what, do you, what have you observed to be maybe the biggest challenge that singles face? Well, I definitely have seen the challenge of there isn't a place, an easy place for them in the church. The church is kind of made for the traditional family unit, which again, yeah. nowadays is much rarer, right? right? But I have learned to understand some of what it feels like to be single in the church, the challenges of just showing up to the service alone right. and not really fitting in to the model. And that's really difficult. So, right. you know, with COVID and online church, it was really easy for singles to take that route. And I have a lot of friends that are it, right. single moms and maybe divorce or whatever. And that loneliness, that aloneness becomes really loud in the church culture at times. Right. I know there are single groups and things, but in talking about the general church experience. Well, and even, in, I mean, I think that's at the root of a lot of single challenges, the isolation, the sense of loneliness. I would agree. I think that's a good insight. I mean, I mean, I would, I would suggest also like the area of sexuality, like what do singles do with that, right? I mean, in essence, that's probably why, honestly, I don't want to boil it down to that, but like God created us partly sexual beings, right? You can't deny that. And so in, as a Christian, that is one area you can't play out in, you know, to act out on whatever. Whereas if you're not a Christian, you might be like, well, I'm just sleeping around. Not that it satisfies you, but that it's an area, but, but, but really even looking at sexual sin, what is it rooted in? Whether it's pornography, whether it's, you know, some, you know, imaginary, 
relationship in your head that leads you down a path of acting out versus actually, you know, sexual sin that puts you under a weight of shame and, and guilt. But really, it's all sort of rooted in this exact thing that you're just saying. The root issue isn't just sexual sin. The root issue actually is loneliness mm -hmm. and a lack of fitting in. And the thing that I found interesting is oftentimes when I'm with my single friends, they believe that struggle is unique to them. But so it's many really women are, sing are alone and lonely in their marriages. And quite frankly, I've always said I would rather be single and lonely yep. than to feel lonely and alone in a marriage. And I, again, I've learned a lot from my so, single friends and my divorced friends and my life. And that sense of loneliness isn't necessarily, in fact, often is not eliminated just because you are with someone. And Lena and I talk a lot about this because she's single, I'm married, and yet that the loudness of the aloneness can be present in different seasons. Well, I've had, I mean, it's funny that you brought that up because I mean, one, one, the other side of that, I told you today, you should ask me questions too. So we can like play. I told her, this was my insight today. And it's like tennis. She says, what do you mean? I said, it's like tennis. I asked you a question. You asked me back. So I said, I'm going to throw you some questions today and you can throw them back. Am at I me. doing good? You're average. I'm oh. asking myself the question now, but like one question, like, so, so, I mean, I want to come back, hold that thought about the loneliness of marriage. Cause I think this is really important, but, but so what do I like, like I was going to have you ask me, but I'm just going to ask yeah, myself since I'm, I'm such a good rephrase it. You okay. ask it no, so no. like, what do I see as the greatest challenge in marriage? What do you see as the Say, greatest? Lena, what you, Lena, Lena, what do you see as the Thank greatest you. challenge in Thank marriage? Thank you. I like that. Okay. Well, I think that's great that you asked me a question. I, I've been thinking about that. It was like something that I wanted to weigh in on. Well, no, I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, I would not have thought sing, uh, loneliness and marriage to be the greatest. I, honestly, I would imagine it would be the simple things of adjusting. Like, I don't even think it's the big things. I think it would be like a person in your space all the time. Like, ah, like you can't make a decision without the other person. And maybe it's because I've been single for so long, but like, it's almost so claustrophobic. How do you fight the claustrophobia of someone in a world where everybody's so independent, so set in their ways? Like this oneness, I guess, really this unity of th this unity like how do you become and i feel like that's where all the growth has to happen who puts their you know the toilet paper one way or the toothbrush and the practical things that put your stuff away my goodness there's some people that live in a way that i would run from the marriage if it were me but lena do you think that i'm practicing my questions guys do you think that that oneness is easily achieved in marriage no i would i would divorce like but, i'm not and then do you think it can lead to aloneness Okay, yes, yeah, so that's good. When the roads don't merge. Well, well, I think that is part of why people end up in divorce. Like, I think, okay, so I think the big stuff we hear on the, you know, your friends tell you we're getting a divorce, he cheated on me, she cheated on me, this happened, he's got a porn addiction. But at the root of it, yes, I think there's a there's this idea that you're gonna marry this person, it's gonna be so great, and then you wake up the next day, and it's like, they're like, they're like smelly, and they're like human, they're human. And right, like, and so that's what leads to that aloneness. You can yes. only fight about that so many times, yes. and then you just start to adapt to a different way or, or you, people move out of the room yes yeah, I, I was surprised how many couples I'm as I've gotten older I found out many Christian couples who no longer sleep in the same rooms which I'm sorry but like call me naive single I've never been married but like I was really surprised about that why did that surprise me so much well because I think from the perspective of a single that would be the last thing you would think would happen would happen and again it just goes to show the difference in perceptions from each side of the fence until you 
learn how to look at it from a different so, side. So now you let's talk about marriage since this is going to be a conversation about both. And by the way, we can come back and revisit in a second podcast. We're not going to talk about everything related to marriage because our goal is to keep those conversations brief. But let's play out in marriage a little. So you marry someone. And, and by the way, this is great for singles who are probably like wanting to get married. Now they're getting a dose of reality. So you marry someone, you think you're going to live happily ever after. This is a Hallmark movie. You end up married and now you wake up and the reality of friction, the expectations, holidays, how you, whether you eat breakfast, big breakfast, little breakfast, big dinner, what time, you know, all these realities of life. You start to negotiate. And after how many years do you say, screw it, I'm not going to negotiate this anymore? Like, you know, how do you become holy rather than I'm walking, I'm just going to, do my thing my way, you eat breakfast your way and I'll eat breakfast my way. Well, you, it, you're you asking in a healthy scenario or in an unhealthy? Okay, like you're like as far as you've observed, like, but does it take a year of marriage to hit that oh, place? Oh, it takes or, a lifetime. When do you, do you, is there ever a point where you are like... And I'm only at 22 years, but... Do, are there still things at 22 years that you're like, I can't believe you still do this? Yeah, what happens though, if you're maturing, and again, I want to, I mean... If you, in a marriage, you can only grow yourself. So when you grow, you become more, um, and it's, I would imagine it's the same for singles. You can speak to that the same way you control your rage with the customer service. Right. You have to learn to control your rage with your spouse. It's the Except same. you're with them every day. Absolutely, but my point is, like you have to change and figure out what's happening. Why am I bothered by my husband's lack of blah, blah, blah. How, what is the, how do you get to the place where you're no longer expecting him to change and you're seeing that I'm the one who needs to change? Well, I would ask the question right back to you. How do you as a single expect others to change versus you changing? It's the same concept, except well, that you're with point. the people right. more. But how do you expect? How do well, I tell you, I hate myself when I act in a way that I don't like. Like that, whatever it is, that like when my buttons are pressed and that side, the fleshly side of me comes out, that's sinful. And what, I don't even need to call it sin because at first I justify it. I go, I'm right, they're not. But I look back and I go, I hate that version of myself. Very and, simply. And we but. all do, right? I think the difference is when you're in a marriage and this is happening repeatedly with the same person, you eventually have, I mean, either two things happen. You separate and you distance. Yeah. And you, the, the ending is bad, or you start to learn, again, dying to self. It's okay that, you know, my husband, for example, likes to take breaks after dinner while we're cleaning up. So I have the option to clean up by myself or respect his he breaks. He does cook in his, in his well, defense. And he does clean up really well when, when and if he needs to. But the point is he has his way of doing it. It's a silly example. So I can right. complain about it till I'm blue, or I could realize, you know, this is how he does it and let him do it the way he does it. It's not a big deal. No. What's worth fighting about in a marriage? Exactly, that's a great question. And I, again, the same principles um, of anything. Does it go against the word of God? I mean, we just had an episode in the last few days about something that I felt really strongly aligned with biblical priorities. And you know, right now my husband doesn't 100% agree with me. Deep inside, but he'll see deep inside, I think he does. <laughs> um, but you know, again, I'm praying over it and waiting. But again, the same. Like I said, I think so many times, like I've learned from my single friends and my sister, they're similar battles. They're just they look differently. Different landscape. Yes, and so we're all growing. Um, and again, those who are married, we have a lot more noise in our life. So we, when you get kids, it's even more noisy. Yes, and so it's harder to be free for the work of the ministry versus when you're single. But the sanctification process is, has to be the same. Right. What I mean is the changing nature. And, and like I said, I see it um, right. and things. 
Um, so that's... Well, how, how do you feel, how do you get, how do people who are married with many kids, and this is a reality, feel lonely in marriage? Talk to that a little bit, because you're right, I think that is a problem in marriages. Yeah, that's an important point, because I really, oftentimes, people who are single will imply that they're more lonely, yeah. and I, I don't often argue the point, because it's, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't it's not worth off, it, right. but... It is, and you hear many women say this, there's nothing worse than feeling lonely in your own marriage. And life gets so busy and both individuals are trying to deal with their pain and it's too busy to have the time to connect. Like, you know, when you so, think of it from a single perspective, yeah. it's not like when you're dating, there's hardly some, sometimes Lena asks me, I haven't talked to Rafi in 24 hours. I am not exactly sure, right. you know, about things. And that's not, like I said, we have thankfully a healthy relationship um, but that's life. And so if you don't establish ways of communicating, you drift apart and you start to feel really lonely. And so, okay, so so there's a, the couple that's listening that might be like, okay, no, I, it's true. And we need to reintegrate that once a week, date, night, whatever, you know, all these things that people do, which are healthy and great. But like the reality is the more lonely you are, the less intimacy and communication you are so now there's a gap you got to bridge so now you don't like it takes more effort to do all that but 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 there's also the couple that's like so past that because now they're like like they might not even have a significant other who is even willing to you know whether it's different personalities or they're so far into the marriage of loneliness that it's like it's not even it's an insurmountable gap at this point maybe the person doesn't even want to maybe it's just a marriage of convenience at this point how do you encourage that man or woman who feels so lonely in marriage because i think it would be easy in that setting to leave well i'm gonna turn the question back on you is how do you as a single deal with this loneliness because truthfully i'm gonna tell you yeah right so how do you deal with the loneliness well and i and i see your point see how she's so wise because i think that's exactly what the sing the woman in marriage who's lonely is honestly the only solution that i have found is to turn to the lord there's no others none none Amen. and there's it's the none. same thing for the married and the single woman who's looking for that man to yep. complete her is not going to be in a healthy right. relationship so it's that same lesson only right. learned differently and, and I think it's funny because we know that and yet the last place we run to is the Lord. Like we, like I get in a space of loneliness and I'll try to binge on a Netflix or I'll go to your house or I'll think I should be dating and I'm not. And, and I go down the pit of self-pity. I mean, I do every single thing that I tell people not to do. And eventually I'm still empty and achy and then I get into the Word and I spend time with the Lord real time. You know, it's the time that you know it's different than just reading in a hurry. And it's like in that moment, you know you've connected with God and you're like, Oh my gosh, why did I wait so long to do that? So how, so with that in mind, because I didn't see you nodding your head, I mean, how would you encourage anyone who's listening right now, married or single, like how do, how do we make that, how do we remember how good that place with the Lord is? Because I think now, just like with, like you're married, you don't talk to someone for a few days, you drift, I feel like we do the same with God. So how do we establish patterns of healthy communication with God so that we're not, so almost, I don't know if it's forgetful of how important this is, well, I think this verse I shared on one of the podcasts before, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We have to taste again and again and again and remind ourselves. Um, and it takes our pain of loneliness to rediscover it. I mean, right. I think right. we need to feel that pain. And then we are. it draws us to our knees, which is unfortunate that we have to always seem to learn from our pain. And then have you know i have people who pray for you you mm -hmm. know i think as a single and a married uh right. having people who really pray for you prayer warriors is huge and hold you accountable um 
is important. And, and again, at the end of the day, the Lord draws us, which is the most beautiful thing. I think that is a really well, comforting truth. Well, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, like the take home of this podcast, and I, I can already foresee, we need to have follow-up conversations of this because we're wrapping things up here, here in a minute, because this is, this is so important. This, you could go so many paths, but by the way, that is thunder. If you are scared, we are too, but, but it's okay. Uh, Sam is at science class. Hopefully, they're indoors. Start singing gumdrops and roses. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. So, 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 what else is wrapping this up in the middle of the storm here? Is that um, I think at the end of the day, what you're saying really is it doesn't really matter. Which I think is what Paul's saying. It doesn't really matter if you're married or single. What really matters is how we interface with the Lord in terms of finding our fulfillment and our rootedness and our holiness and our sanctification. All these words mean growing in our relationship with Christ and becoming more Christ-like. And do you think it's important to have a diverse group of friends in well, your... it's funny you ask that because that's going to be our next episode in the podcast. I want us to talk about friendship, so we're going to do that next. But 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 I think, so, so with that in mind, with this background of what I just sort of, this conclusive statement of, okay, this isn't really, so, so when it all went, all is said and done. It's not about the goal isn't, oh, I'm going to die trying to get married or I really hate being married. I want to be divorced. I mean, really the goal is in the state that you're in, how do you please the Lord the most? How do you, and I believe in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, in verse 17, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. And I would say today, what is your state today? If you're married, are you married in a godly fashion? If you're single, are you living in a godly fashion? And so really, I mean, last comments here. I mean, any advice? I mean, if a single, is on dating sites right now, you know, frustrated, feeling bad, nobody's hit them up, asked them on a date. I mean, how would you encourage them in this place? I think we touched on the fact that you have to find your, your completion in the Lord, your satisfaction, your joy, and know your calling. Should they quit the dating sites? No, I don't think they should quit the dating site. I don't either, actually. Um, but we, I mean, that's a whole nother. I mean, I think you have to try we'll and do, do an episode your part. Yes. Yeah. Lena then has a lot to tell us, although <laughs> she didn't do I, a lot of dating I am sites. A, I, have a, I have a, my, some of my sermons on, on Upward, the dating site. Hey, that's a little ad for Upward. If you guys want to, I'm not even on it, but I have messages there. Yeah, so I think that... Lena's not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I married before dating sites became an issue, and I'm kind of grateful for that because they're overwhelming. I couldn't handle it. But um, I think, again, find, strengthen your vertical relationship. And whether you're single or married, you're going to thrive. There's right. thrive again. Right. Um, and that's the really is simple, but it's not that simple because we get in the way. And yeah. make sure you have lots of friends that are single and married and on all walks because we learn so much from each other. I love it. I think that's a great place to end. I don't have any advice for Mary. Stay married, I would say. Well, and that, even I that, even I can't you even say that. You often say uh, you don't wish to be married after watching no, even no. me and my husband. No, no, no. Look, look, I, I want to I qualify that. I, I was going to say, my, I was going to say the last word, stay married. But honestly, even that I don't say lightly because there are situations where that's not the healthy thing. So I don't give blanket uh, advice for anyone. Married or single. But I would say if you seek the Lord with all your heart, seek First, the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Listen, whatever state you're in, if you're in a place of hopelessness and of despair, you don't have to stay there. God is closer than you think. Hey, if you're single, I'd love to send you Thrive. If you're married, I'd love to send you Stripped. So email us at dearlena at livingwithpower.org. That brings us to the end of this podcast. Listen, Thursday nights, I teach live on the Facebook community page. If you're not part of it, you should be. Check out livingwithpower.org. We've got an app. We've got a website. All sorts of things there for you to enjoy. Uh, we love 
love you. We love that we've spent this time together. Diana, any last words before we say goodbye? Uh, really enjoying being with you, and I can't wait till next time. Bye, guys.